Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 15th. It is six minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. So a grand jury has indicted the former U.S. Marine. His name is Daniel Penny in connection with that chokehold death of Jordan Neely on the subway train last month. And according uh, to different reports, the exact charges aren't going to be unsealed until a later court date. (laughs) But he was initially arrested and charged with second degree murder. And uh, he's so far raised a lot of money with a go send, uh, a give send go. It's like a GoFundMe, $2.8 million. But he does face 15 years if found guilty. Well, Casey, the famed philosopher Homer Simpson once said, the lesson is never try. And the message that is being sent to people in these liberal meccas like New York is do not help anyone. If you up to and including see your fellow citizen being threatened by a deranged lunatic who is threatening to kill people, you just sit there or move to another car And you allow whatever happened to happen because in the case of Daniel Penny, and by the way, you know, they're trying to make this out to be the racist thing because that's what they always do. That's the tired old playbook. Mm -hmm. There are people who were on that subway who are black, who are coming to this guy's defense, who are going, no, 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 this guy saved our life. This guy was the, the, the lunatic that he ultimately choked out was threatening people he was acting in a deranged fashion obviously the guy has a rap sheet as long as the speedway at the indianapolis 500 in terms of history of violence threats of violence deranged mental behavior this was a serious bad actor he's not some just michael jackson impersonator as they try to make him out to be. And for his troubles, now this guy has his life on the line. Right. Okay, so you mentioned the guy on the subway, the bad actor. He had been arrested more than 40 times, including numerous assaults on subway passengers. So he was just repeating his previous actions. But in regards to Daniel Penny, it's almost like damned if you do, dead if you don't, right? It doesn't pay to have courage and help others. Well, because look what what is happening now to him. Well, this is, again, when you have a justice system. And here, so here is what happened many years ago is Republicans were totally asleep at the switch in the sense of they were focused on winning, uh, winning U.S. congressional races or U.S. Senate seats or even in the sense, hey, we've got to under Obama, look at all these state house and state Senate seats we took, you know, thousands, literally thousands of state and local offices, federal offices that they won under Obama. Oh, my gosh, look at what we've done. And someone like George Soros recognized that doesn't matter because ultimately there are two things that matter. Number one is to be able to indoctrinate people so that by the time they enter society, they are pre-programmed to think in a certain way, and over time they will resoundingly reject whatever meaningless gains you have made in the short term. Public education system, school boards, 
big amount of money of radical radical left money going to elect school board candidates. That's number one. Number two, he recognized when it's all said and done, the justice system is all that matters because the justice system is the last and final check and balance on a society. And if you can, while everyone else is asleep at the switch, patting themselves on the back and throwing parades for winning meaningless state house and Senate seats, you can control who administers the justice and how it is administrated. That's what matters most. And so you have all of these left radical left prosecutors, not just Democrats, but complete Marxist maniacs, who are now in charge of justice in our society. And you see this sort of thing happening more and more often. And the one who is going to administer justice in this situation is Alvin Bragg. Right. It's the same guy that was going after Trump. And Daniel Penny said that he, yes, he put the guy in the chokehold because he was threatening passengers, but then he put him in a recovery position to make sure that he was still breathing. And he was just hoping he wanted the police to come and take over. But let's listen to what he had to say. He describes the incident and his training in courage. East Village in Manhattan. So I take the subway multiple times a day. In this instance, I was coming from school. I got out of class around 2.15 and I took the J Street. I was at J Street Metro Tech, took the Uptown F train um, at 2nd Avenue. Um, a man came on, stumbled on. He was, appeared to be on drugs. Um, the doors closed and he ripped his jacket off and, violent, and threw it at the people sitting down to my left. I was listening to music at the time um, and he was yelling so I took my headphones out to hear what he was yelling. And the three main threats that he repeated over and over was, I'm gonna kill you, I'm prepared to go to jail for life, and I'm willing to die. You know, this, is a, this was a scary situation and uh, Mr. Neely came on, he was, he was threatening, he's, he's a, I'm 6'2 and he was taller than me, so it was, and there's a common misconception that Marines don't get scared. We're actually taught uh, one of our core values is courage. And courage is not the absence of fear, but how you handle fear. And, you know, I was scared for myself, but I looked around, I saw women and children. He was yelling in their faces, saying, saying these threats. I couldn't just sit still. So he was trying to protect other passengers from Neely. And he used his Marine training to do so. He goes on to talk, and he was talking about this over the weekend before the indictment came down, but he talks about the timeline. And as you mentioned, Rob, that many people are saying this was about race and there were other black and brown people on the subway that he was trying to protect. And this was not about race. Some people say that I was holding on to Mr. Ely for 15 minutes. This is not true. I mean, between stops is only a couple minutes. So the whole interaction lasted less than five minutes. Some people say I was trying to choke him to death, which is also not true. I was trying to restrain him. Uh, You can see in the video, there's a clear rise and fall of his chest, indicating that he's breathing. I'm trying to restrain him from him being able to carry out the threats. And then some people say that this was about race, which is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't see a black man threatening passengers. I saw a man threatening passengers. A lot of whom were people of color. The man who helped restrain Mr. Neely was was a person of color. And then a few days after the incident, I, I read in the papers that uh, a woman of color came out and called me a hero. What I don't believe that I'm I'm a hero, but uh, she was one of those people that I was trying to protect. So there's a famous episode of Seinfeld. Yes, where 
The Good Samaritans. Well, that one. But in terms of the, I'm talking about the leap you have to make to think that this guy intended to in any way kill this guy or whatever. So there is a famous episode of Seinfeld where Kramer befriends um, this old couple who owns a shoe cobbling business. And he gets everybody's shoes because they're about to go out of business. So he gets everybody that you would have no reason to have a shoe cobbler in the modern era, but he gets everybody to give their business to this old couple. And ultimately they go out of business and Kramer becomes convinced that they were in some sort of scheme to steal everyone's shoes. And Jerry just walks in through it and goes something effective. So you're telling me that mom and pop Mm -hmm. started this business, spent 40 plus years building trust in the community solely to steal your shoes. Right. And Kramer looks at him and goes, well, something like, it appears so. Yeah. And so the, 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 it is the same leap of ridiculousness to say, so this guy, Daniel Penny, serves his country faithfully as a member of the you know, armed forces. He is a member of the, the military. He, by all accounts, lives an exemplary life, has an exemplary public service in the military. No hint in his background of, you know, they've scoured this guy's social media and every email he's ever sent and everything else. There's not a hint of racism. And he hit all of that for some big plot right. to get on the subway. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm going to sit here listening to music and then I'm going to find the first Michael Jackson impersonator that I can and choke him out. That was his intention that yeah, day. All this, all, this whole thing, his whole life has been a big setup because he's just a big closet racist that was looking to kill a black guy. Yeah, no, Alvin Bragg's just trying to stir stuff up. It is 15 minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's touch on this really quick. Emily's List, which is a political action committee, uh, they aim to elect female candidates. They're spending tens of millions of dollars to boost Kamala Harris. That's kind of sexist, isn't it? During what, that they only... Yeah! Yes, Yes, it I mean, is. can you imagine? They're very selective. If it was a uh, reverse, yeah, and only you... <laughs> we only support men. Yes, can you imagine? Women would be up in arms over that. But uh, okay, so they say that they're going to not. They're doing it to to boost her. Oh, right. Uh, and it's they've never done this with a sitting vice president before. Obviously, if yes. they only target females, but it's uh, to reflect a a broader effort to bolster her. Oh, amid low approval ratings. Yes, and they say that they're going to give her maybe ten million dollars, <laughs> but they're going to target YouTube and TikTok, a younger section of voters. Oh. What do they need $10 million for? Because just make a couple videos and put that... That's a free platform. Well, isn't it interesting, too, that this is a person who was a U.S. senator before she was vice president. She's been vice president for two and a half years and is so wholly unlikable that some radical left pro-abortion group, which is what Emily's List is, let to make no mistake what they are, they can say, we're to boost women. No, they are to to boost on-demand fetus-sucking-supporting women. That's w- what they are. Let's just call it what it is. She's so unlikable that they be- they believe they have to spend $10 million to help to help her. Newsflash, if you have been a United States senator, you have run for president, and you've been the vice president for two and a half years, and your approval sucks, it's because you suck, mm-hmm. and no amount of money is going to change that. Okay, so money for her, isn't that really money for the Biden-Harris ticket? 
And you mean the Harris Biden administration? <laughs> exactly. So there is a new uh, Suffolk University USA poll that just came out two days ago, and it says that 86 percent of Biden voters say they are either very or somewhat comfortable with Harris becoming president in place of Biden if if he's unable to serve his full term. All right, Casey, I'm looking at my watch. It's 918, which means you got about 20, uh, 22 minutes left of me trying before the first tee shots hit at the U.S. Open. So what would you like for me to try with next? <laughs> We're going to talk about this new poll that has Trump leading Biden. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. minutes after nine, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, a new poll revealing that Donald Trump and Joe Biden, ooh, they're neck and neck, but Donald Trump is leading. And this is a premise, it's a bi-weekly poll, it came out, it was released on Monday. So Trump has 44% of registered voters and Biden has 43, if they were to go head to head. But uh, 14% still undecided. What's the problem here? I think everybody knows who Donald Trump is. Everybody knows who Joe Biden is. How could you be undecided between these two? Casey, you know. I just don't want to tell you who I like. My least favorite part of every show is where I have to come on here Mm -hmm. and on these statewide radio airwaves, which you can hear from Illinois to Ohio and all points in between, take a little victory lap on being right. But this poll should be a just another example because the only Trump guy gets so angry when you point out the obvious and either goes, nuh-uh, or those people are stupid, or it doesn't matter. The problem with going, nuh-uh, those people are stupid, or it doesn't matter, is it does matter. And again, I agree. I would vote for an aged potato skin over Biden. <laughs> but not everybody thinks the way we think. There are many people who vote as ridiculous as it is, based on some sort of feel or ridiculous sense of connection or emotional connection or whatever with the candidate. And this poll is showing you that on the merit of the issues, Biden sucks. Mm -hmm. For a sitting president to be at 43% is horrendous. But Trump's personality and behavior is every bit as abrasive or as a turnoff, is every bit as big a turnoff as Biden's actual actions. So you have a huge portion of the country right now, as was the same thing that happened in 2020, which said, man, I really don't like, in this case, it was the direction Biden wants to take the country. Or I really am kind of okay with Trump's policies. But I can't stand Trump and his behavior. And so if you are the only Trump person, you really have two options here, okay? You can either continue to go, nuh-uh, those people are stupid, doesn't matter. (laughs) Or you can just look at poll after poll after poll, which shows you basically the same thing, and realize these people are in the ether, they walk amongst us, their vote counts the same as yours, and you can start, I don't know how you do it, but you can start putting some, some sense of onus on this guy that you support, only him, to get his act together and win these people over, or you can run another real risk of losing again, and the same it was stolen ain't going to work because the polling is telling you, and poll after poll after poll shows this, that it is his behavior, it is his personality, it is his abrasive attitude and actions 
that alienate him, while with Joe Biden, it is clearly the policies. With Trump, it is Trump. Okay, so 85% of Republican voters say they're going to vote in the primary. So let's talk about GOP primary. You've got Trump sitting at 54%, according to this poll, and DeSantis is at 24%. And I'm so bummed out about this because you and I have been big DeSantis supporters. But here we come, Father's Day weekend, just a few days away. And we've been saying all along, little by little, he's incrementally going to get up there. But DeSantis is not making the moves that we thought was going to happen. Yeah, and I don't know if... I was talking with somebody about this yesterday. I don't know if it's... if it's DeSantis has been a disappointing candidate. I mean, I haven't been totally wowed with his campaign, but I don't think it matters because so much of the Trump stuff is emotional right now based on the things he's going through. So I'm not sure what you would even do if you were DeSantis. Well, the other day during the indictment, DeSantis did nothing. He didn't he didn't tweet out. He wasn't on social media. He wasn't anywhere doing any sort of rallies. And maybe that's just what he's doing. He's going to let this all simmer down and then he'll be back out there again. I, I don't know if that's his plan, but well, here, here's the best. That's what's happening. Here's the best analogy I can give you. And in about uh, 15 minutes or so, uh, you're going to just take control of the the plane. And wherever you fly this plane for the next two hours, it'll be a merry adventure of us together. Because I <laughs> am about to begin the U.S. Open uh, at the Los yeah, Angeles Country you Club. You sound like you're playing. Uh, <laughs> in my mind, I am playing, Casey. Okay. Here's the point, though. The U.S. Open, and I put this on social media, next to the Indy 500, I think is the most grueling test of endurance in sport. And people, oh, my gosh, and blah, 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 blah. With the U.S. Open, it is four days of four hours in which any one shot could be the end of your whole week. So you've got to go out there for four, four and a half hours every day, and any one screw-up, because the course is so tough, could put you in a position where you can't win the tournament. However, you can't play against everyone else because some guy, and it happens every year at the U.S. Open, goes out there. It's usually some no-name guy that nobody's ever heard of, and he shoots like five under par. And people go, oh, my gosh, where did this guy come from? These guys better get it together. Well, by Saturday, everybody has come back to the field, and it's two under, three under, whatever, is winning the U.S. Open. And it's the guy who oftentimes you don't even hear about until midday through Saturday who just putters along and keeps making his pars. Mm -hmm. My point on all of this is if you're Ron DeSantis, that's what you have to do. You can't run against Trump. You can't try to counteract Trump. You can't hold a press conference every time Trump gets arrested or indicted or makes some video about you. Mm -hmm. You've got to just keep making pars. And hope at some point play your own game. Trump's going to hit it in the water make and, and make a ten. That's yeah. a, that's the only chance you got. That's uh, that's the best analogy I can come up with. Well, speaking of where did this guy come from? We've got a new name that has entered the presidential race, and that's on the way from ninety three WIBC. Life is full of things to manage: your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta Ofatumumab twenty milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different. Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I 
bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller. I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Los Angeles Country Club. It's very exclusive. More exclusive than Augusta. Rob, you're all about the U.S. Open. This would seem like something that you would rail against. So later on in the show, I'm interested to hear your take about how you're so excited and wound up about these golfers playing on such an exclusive course. Absolutely. We also have Jim Merritt, who's going to join us coming up. And... Just this morning, this uh, Miami mayor, Francis Suarez, he officially launched his 24 presidential campaign. Why? He did it in a video. Well, that's my question. Why, Casey? Why? He's a long shot, right? So why is this guy getting in the race? He said, you know, he had to think about it. He had to pray over it and decided that was the path for him. He's a Cuban-American. He comes from a political family. His father was mayor for many years. Uh, His father lost his last, well, he didn't lose it, but it got rescinded his last election. He got, what, booted from office out of, out because of voter fraud. Uh, his victory was overturned. Well, that sounds like a big deal. <laughs> right. Uh, but look, I mean, you can't hold a guy accountable for his dad. No, but I'm just saying. Unless, unless, comes, it's, Hunter, unless it's Hunter Biden. I mean, well, and you're in cahoots with your dad. So maybe we can't hold him accountable. I don't know. Point is, Casey, this is exhausting because this guy has as much chance of being president as you, me, or Kevin does. <laughs> and Kevin's ineligible because of age, and you and I aren't running. I mean, what a, this is a joke. Why is he doing it? Why is he getting in? I know that him and DeSantis, there's some friction there. Is it just to beat up on a fellow Floridian? Is that why he's doing it? Wait, wait, wait. So the theory— He said, he said the country needs to know my name. <laughs> Wasn't there a song that started with "Say My Name, Say mm-hmm. My Name"? Yeah, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child won't mm-hmm. won't be something shady, calling me baby or mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the country needs to. What was his quote? The country needs to know his name. Yeah. Nothing says I'm in it for the people like the country needs to know my name. <laughs> that sounds like something I would say on this radio show, just having fun. Yet this guy is being. He's being serious. He's being serious. Yeah. He's at the, uh, he's going to be at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in California today. He's, you know, so what's the deal? Why is he doing it? How many people are going to enter this race? Is it just like anybody? It, they, you want to, you want to run for president? Well, like there used Let's to be. Let's do it, everybody. So, okay. So here's an example. Years ago when I had just, and this is why these people run. When I was very early on in my radio career, a guy named Duncan Hunter ran for president, and he was a congressman from California. Now, his son later became some somewhat of an infamous congressman. He had some really murky legal issues, but Duncan Hunter Sr. was kind of a revered congressman from California, and in, I think this was 2008, he decides he's going to run for president, and... I remember I interviewed him. He was doing a fundraiser in North Carolina when I was doing talk radio there. And he was there. And so I interviewed him. And I remember afterwards talking to people like, why is this guy, why did he run for president? I think he'd already gotten out of the race by that point. And they said, uh, well, if you think about it, 
why is he here and why is he able to raise money and why are you interested in interviewing him? Would you have any interest in interviewing a congressman from California? No. But now you put former presidential candidate in front of the guy's name. And it becomes more interesting. And he's he is of more value to candidates to come out and fundraise, jettison. You know, he's getting flown all over the country. He gets the finest meals. You in the media. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm interviewing former. You're not introducing him as California Congressman Duncan Hunter. It's former presidential candidate Duncan Hunter. It's kind of like Oscar nominated. You didn't actually win the Oscar, but Oscar nominated. It is. If you are just a person who, what was the guy's quote? What was, was it? People, people need to know his name. Oh, are you people, sure? He didn't, people in the country need you, to know his name. Are you sure he didn't say, say my name, say my name, <laughs> acting kind of shady, ain't calling me baby, why the sudden change? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. that I was, mean, it's just as that ridiculous. That was Beyonce. It's just as ridiculous as Beyonce, though, <laughs> right? I mean, these people are equally wholly ridiculous, and it is just about wanting to see themselves on television, hear themselves on podcasts and radio, and it brings them some sort of relevance that they otherwise wouldn't have. He's done some things that I think are very polarizing. Well, for one, he opposed DeSantis' reopening of the bars and restaurants in Florida during COVID. He he supported DeSantis's Democrat opponent in 2018. He is big time into the cryptocurrency uh-huh. thing. Wasn't he the one that they... What was the deal with that? They invested... They invested Miami did Miami money, like right. taxpayer money in crypto. Right. Yeah. Exactly. This well, is the guy. There you go. So that should probably tell you all you need to know. Uh, where's he going to be polling? Like, can you poll negative? Yeah, he got negative five. All right. We've got Jim Merritt, who's going to join us next. We're going to talk about that silver fox, Eric Holcomb, and his op-ed coming up on 93 WIBC. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Morning, Robert. Uh, he spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate. Our good friend, former state senator Jim Merritt. How are you, my friend? I am well and looking forward to Father's Day weekend. All right. So we talked about this yesterday. Your your former friend, who I ruined that for you, and I'm very sorry about that. One of many. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> our uh, old pal, Lockdown McGee, down the street from us here at 200 West Washington Street, uh, high tax Eric Holcomb, pins this bizarre op-ed in Indy Star in which he seems...
seems to lament government spending, the amount of money that has been printed the past several years. And Casey and I talked about this. It is so weird because he literally admitted that he was he kept the emergency declaration open way past when everything was open or there was any fear of people just dropping dead in the street of COVID because he wanted the federal money. Sounds a little hypocritical to us. What say you? It sounds like he's biting the hand that feeds him. <laughs> yeah, I, I you know I read that article. I read that op-ed, and and the star uh, is not going to. Uh, they're not going to make her career for you. So you get just several opportunities if you want to write an op-ed for the star. And I thought there were so many different things that uh, the governor could write about. Uh, and and all fifty states took that money, continue to take that money, and and now they've got a problem with inflation, and they've got a problem with. Uh, overspending uh, that is trying the Republicans are trying to curtail out there and they're running around circles and I, I for the governor to opine on that when he had a good session uh, the tradition you mean of, by his standards right I mean by the things he cares about exactly he had a good session taxes, of the general rewarding cronies I mean he had a great session yeah and and uh, in and mental health was uh, was addressed as it, we've been trying to do. Uh, Indiana has a long history of uh, of uh, taking care of their pocketbook, and he has continued that. and And he's globe trotting, looking for jobs to come to Indiana. We had the big announcement in South Bend on EV. I mean, there are a lot of great things going on in Indiana. And he picks to to um, bite the hand that feeds him with for uh, the pandemic. I I just was kind of incredulous on why he would pick that pick that topic. Okay, so you pull up your iPad and you open up the Indy Star, and oh, there's this article, and you start reading through it, and it's the governor, and this one line stuck out to me: "We have three billion dollars in cash reserves." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Try, well I done, think Casey. she dropped the microphone. Yes, well done, Casey. So so what you're saying, Casey, is this guy's lamenting the government spending too much money and having too much money. Yet we have $3 billion in cash reserves as people are struggling yeah. with all of the inflation that is caused by the $3 billion in cash reserves. Right. And and, and he also, in that article, talks about cutting taxes and, and the like. and uh, But... But then you've got the property tax assessment that we've talked on this program a lot, a lot in the last eighteen months, and when we knew it was coming, but nothing happened during the legislature, and and people have kind of criticized that comment because I voted for that that um, system back in '08 and '09, but every system after fifteen years takes tweaks, mm-hmm. and there needs to be something done uh, regarding that, and it, it's just a mishmash of ideas, and and when I was reading it, I kind of wonder when this was going to end and 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 you know they it kept on adding it topics it did end it, it's like holcomb's entire time in office i just wonder when it's going to end yeah i just kind of <laughs> i just kind of wonder what who wrote it you know did did he actually write it or some staffer and they threw it to the star and the star decided hmm we haven't we haven't heard from the governor for a while um, and so I, it, I was just kind of, just a uh-huh moment. Jim, Jim Merritt is our guest. Real quick, I just want to touch on this. We're talking about this op-ed that Holcomb did in IndyStar, and then, Casey, I'll kick it back to you. We talked about this with Abdul on Statehouse Happenings. 
most of that money that he took from the federal government went to legalized vote buying in the form of Medicaid expansion. And now the big thing is he's boxed himself, well, not himself because he'll be gone, but he's boxed the next governor into a corner in which they have expanded that program to the point where people are addicted to either getting, air quote, free health care or limited cost health care. Well, they're not going to unbox it because they're totally invested in the legalized vote buying. But now, because the magical printing Pressapalooza has been shut off for the most part from the federal government, at least what it was during COVID. Well, now the state's responsible for that, and good luck. Well, also, though, Robert, it, <clears throat> the idea here is that uh, the governor could have gone to the public and said, we're experiencing this problem. This has been uh, bubbling to the surface for the last 20 years. And and there's got to be a way to make sure that people are healthy and people are taken care of. Um, but this system is is heading toward the ditch. No question about it. Casey. What do you think about his three points that he gives? It's almost like he's giving advice for the next governor. Mm-hmm. First, have a plan. Okay. Second, demonstrate action. Okay. And then third, listen to your opponents and learn. You know... I, I'd much rather. When does him... that start with him? Listen to your opponents well, and learn. Exactly. Okay. Have a plan. Execute it. But the listen part. Because all I got called was a human petri dish. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Malik uh, Muhammad is noble. Yeah. Uh, you know, my op-ed to to Eric Holcomb is, dear governor, explain what. How... <laughs> <laughs> explain what happened in your term of office the last eight years. You got through uh, COVID. Tell us what lessons learned. And you know I'm writing this book about lessons learned getting through COVID uh, on the on the federal side as well as the state side. Tell us what your experience is and write to the next governor and, and how, if a crisis comes, what you think should happen, what tools are out there. And let's educate the next governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Jim Merritt joining us uh, here on the Kendall and Casey Show. Real quick, I, I do want to touch on Jim Lucas. I know you have some very strong feelings about this. We obviously spent a lot of the last couple of days talking about this. I, I thought that interview he did with Hammer and Nigel was just unbelievable in case you know i've gone in detail on this on the total lack of accountability seeming you know saying he's going to drink again uh you know not resigning and i know you as someone who uh, regardless of whether people liked your politics or not you always took the responsibility of being uh, a state senator super serious and what came with that i know you've got some strong feelings about this as well well i, I just put myself and as you know i put myself in other shoes and if if i'm there I am incredibly embarrassed. And uh, for goodness sakes, I'm glad he didn't kill himself and even worse yet, kill somebody else. And so uh, it, 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 it looked to me like it was so quick that um, it kind of emphasizes, it, it puts in place the idea of the two legal systems of the haves and the have-nots. And uh, I know that prosecutor in that county is well thought of. So, you know, we don't know what happened behind closed doors. But but um, I, I, I truly believe that that Jim needs to get help. 
uh, his his life is much more important uh, than being state representative. That ought to be the furthest thing from his mind. And uh, he ought to uh, tend to his own garden right now than going on the radio. I thought it was really interesting. In the same conversation, he said he was going to get help. And then he turned around and said he was going to continue drinking. Although part of his probation is that he does not drink for a year. But what does he need to get help from? Is he talking about something else? But I wanted to ask you, the House Speaker, Todd Houston, said that he hasn't really had a chance to talk to him. And in regards to disciplinary action against him, he's going to look and see what they're going to do moving forward. Right. And and he's got several options. Um, one is censorship. Mm-hmm. One is, you know, kicking him out of the caucus, meaning uh, he can't meet with the Republicans. Uh, and well, that's so, not a punishment. That's, that's more of a <laughs> he's going to miss some meetings. But um, uh, the speaker has uh, some options to him. We won't know anything until organization day in November or uh, the first day in, in uh, 2024 General Assembly. All right, what are you doing? You've got some big event tonight. What's yeah, going on? Yeah, we've got, uh, as you know, I wrote the Lifeline Law, and this this law that allows immunity for those that are uh, in a situation where uh, alcohol is present uh, and someone has um, over-imbibed, if you will, and under 21, and they can call or text 911. And uh, I always say that you can write the very best state law, but if no one knows about it, you know, it, it's worthless. So through the years since that since that uh, passed in 2012, we have raised money to raise awareness. And there's a blind, it's something called the Blind Pig, which is with the Indiana Youth Services Association. If you wanted to uh, uh, offer some uh, funds and some support financially to that organization, it, it um, go to www.indy sb.org slash blind pig. It's a fundraiser. Wait, wait, wait. You just like, that was hieroglyphics there. What is that? What is that web address again? Yeah, I'm sorry. It was too quick. www.indysb.org slash forward slash blind pig. And you can uh, provide money. You can contribute money to, so we can continue to raise awareness through social media, through billboards, so kids can stay safe. Uh, and uh, should they make make mistake, and people, the kids, and this, and in college orientations, freshman orientations, this is always talked about throughout the state of Indiana that they can call or text nine one one. Jim Merritt, you're a national treasure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.